Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, December 27th, 2018. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. And in Life Advice Corner with Chris, we're going to hopefully help an adult get over being scared of horror movies. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Writers, Huaytran Bui. Hey, everyone. And Chris Evangelista. Hello. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's been about a week since we've done a news episode. And because of the holidays, there we, we have been chugging along with the news on SlashFilm.com. But that said, not many of those news items are really, like, discussion-worthy. So over, with a week of news, I, I just piled through. I was able to compile enough for one day of this podcast. Yeah, really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. <laughs> yeah. That's not to say you shouldn't read SlashFilm.com during the holidays, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of things to watch, but it's not like a lot to, like, you know, dissect. Um, but l- let's get into the few stories that happened in the last week that we do want to talk about. And let's start um, with The Lion King, because I know... When we've talked about this, uh, the, the recent trailer came up, we've all been kind of baffled that it seems like they're basically just doing a shot-for-shot remake of the original. And it's not even a live-action remake because it, it 
seems fully animated from what we can tell. So, uh, HT, is that what is happening? So, according to Disney's live action film studio's chief, Sean Bailey, that will not be what's happening. Uh, Sean Bailey assures fans that this Lion King will not be a shot for shot remake of the original. Um, and he says, quote, the Lion King is a revered and beloved movie. So you'd better revere and love those parts that the audience wants. But there are things in the movie that are going to be new. So that's the extent of what he says about how, what to expect of the new Lion King, which is directed by Jean Favreau. Um, and it's, Sounds along the lines of what they've been saying for the past few of Disney live action films. Um, and they haven't always abided by that <laughs> assurance. Um, I'm speaking specifically about Beauty and, and the, the Beast, Beast, for example, which is a movie I am one of the few who abhor just because it is completely creatively stifling in the way that it slavishly adheres to the original and shot for shot remake and yet makes it less compelling somehow. I'd but, but, but HT, they, they added that one song. <sighs> Anyways, I'm not here to talk about how much <laughs> I hate reviewing the Beast. I am cautious, cautiously optimistic about yeah. The Lion King. I'm not as invested in this movie as I was for Beauty and the Beast, which was my favorite Disney film. So I'm going to hope that Sean Bailey is and John Favreau are going to put their money where their mouth is. Or, I don't know, they have a lot of money, so they can put it wherever <laughs> they want. Um. You know, with Dumbo, it does look like they're changing it quite a bit. Like, it looks like Dumbo learns to fly in the very beginning of that live-action version of that film. And, you know, the family has a much bigger part. Like, I, I can see that being a very different movie. Or not very different, but a sizably different movie than, you know, as compared to, like, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, but, you know, this teaser for the, the Lion King is... It's literally shot for shot. So uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see more when they re- reveal more uh, trailers and more marketing for this film. I'm sure that most of the marketing is going to be heavily played upon people's love for the the movie. So I'm, I'm sure yeah, it's going to be iconography for sure. Yeah, just like the just like uh, Aladdin too. So mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be interesting um, because I, I wonder if there's going to be kind of a backlash from moviegoers of like you know i I don't need to you know i already have the movie i love i don't need to see this new version of that um i think they're gonna have to show moviegoers that there's something more to it than just a shot for shot remake but but maybe i'm wrong am i wrong chris uh, I, I I feel like no matter how they market this, it's going to make a bajillion dollars. I just think that the <laughs> factor is what's going to draw people in. And Chris coming in with the cynicism. I, I you know, I, 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 I'm curious to see the film. I hope it's good, but I have a feeling like if they never release even another trailer, except that teaser, it's still going to make, uh, you know, a shitload of money just because that nostalgia factor is just going to be like, oh, I remember that. I have to go see it again. And that's where we are as a society of film goers. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I first saw this trailer uh, when it was a it was a work in progress. Like before they even started filming the movie, I think John Favreau debuted it at the, the last D23 Expo. And while this trailer was playing, I looked around and people like the people around me. And sure, this is the Disney fan convention, but the people around <laughs> me were crying. 
were in tears over this footage. Uh, so, I mean, they, they have their money at least. So, uh, and they have my money. Who am I kidding? I'm a huge Disney fanatic. I had some, some, some dust mag or something too. Uh, let's move on and talk about, uh, this year in TV shows and movies. Uh, Chris, you did a roundup of the 2018 TV shows and movies that actually scored the coveted 100% on a score on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, tell us about it. Like, what what are the movies that are universally believed to be perfect? I guess or not perfect, uh, but uh, yeah, the, they have the, the the coveted critical consensus where uh, you know for once critics all agree, which rarely happens on anything really. Um, so I, I won't read all the titles because there's a lot, and I encourage everyone to go to slashfilm.com and read it because I, I, t- I took the time to break all of this down. But I'm also ashamed to say there's a lot of stuff on here that I've heard of but just have yet to see. So you know, I, you know, I consider myself a, a cinephile, but I, I'll have to admit there's a lot of stuff on here I haven't seen yet. I mean, the, the big one is of course Paddington Two, which I had seen. I, you know, I, and uh, I'm thrilled that that's on here because that's a a charming, delightful film. I, I'm sure surprised that there hasn't been like an Armin White that has come out and uh, just to be that one guy that you know. You know I, as I was writing this story up yesterday, I was like, I have a feeling someone's going to see this or someone else's version of the story and jump on Rotten Tomatoes and deliberately give something a bad review just to be a jerk. Like that guy who did it to, I already forget what movie it was, where there was that one guy who deliberately did that and admitted he did it deliberately just to yeah. shake things up. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But for now, Paddington 2 is is, <laughs> is at 100%. Um, some other things include Leave No Trace, which I have yet to see, but I hear is great. And I have a screener, and I'm probably going to try and watch it either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, Minding the Gap, another thing I haven't seen. <laughs> Uh, oh, Lucy, another thing I haven't seen, but it has Josh Hartnett in it. So I'm thrilled that there's a Josh Hartnett movie on this. <laughs> wow. Somehow. And, uh, yeah. and the documentary Shirkers, which I saw a couple weeks ago, which is great, but it's also about filmmaking. Right. So, you know, critics always love that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are some of the film titles. Some of the TV titles. Include- wait, wait. I'm surprised you're not talking about Pick of the Litter here. I haven't seen it. I, you know, I, I want to because it's about puppies and I like, <laughs> but I, I have yet to see this either. So I, I gotta, I gotta get cracking on this stuff. I thought I was pretty much good to go for the year, but th- this list embarrassed me and revealed how, how little I've seen. Um, but on, you know, on the TV front, there's Cobra Kai, which I know Peter really liked and watched, I think seven times. Didn't you watch it? Like, uh, I think three and a half at this point. All right. Three and so, a half. Yeah. So that's on here. Um, I'm, White- I'm so happy that this is on here. This is vindication for me because this show is so good. Honestly, in the year-end list, if I put Cobra Kai as my favorite movie of the year, is that cheating? I guess it's cheating, right? Yes, because it's under TV. Uh, Don't do it. Don't be that guy. Okay. Um, the Good Place Season 3 is on here, which isn't surprising. Everyone seems to love The Good Place. Uh, Dear White People Season 2 is on here, the Netflix show. Uh, Making It, which is a very charming show with um, Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler. It's basically, if anyone has ever seen The Great British Bake Off, this is like the American version of that. But instead of baking, they're, they're crafting. And it's just a very nice 
polite show, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 on here. So yeah, that that's just a sampling. Like I said, please go to Slash Film, read the list. There's a there's a fair amount of titles on here. In in one day at a time, the second season of that on Netflix, I have heard nothing but great things about the show, but I don't know a single person that watches it. Yeah, there's I, a lot. Of, sorry, good. Oh uh, no, I know one person who watches it, and she raves about it constantly, and says that it is one of the best TV shows or TV sitcoms on TV right now. And uh, I have yet to see it too, but I will say there's one person I know. Yeah, and uh, you know it should be noted that a hundred getting a hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes doesn't mean that you're the perfect movie. What that means is that a hundred percent of critics agreed that the movie that they liked the movie. So, right. so you could actually see one of these uh, projects. I, I mean, I haven't done this research, but you could click on one of these films, like Leave No Trace, and the average critic rating for that, even though it has 100%, could be less than the average critic rating for a movie that has 90%. Um, just because, you know, it's it's just taking into account, I think, what does it need to be fresh? 70% or something? I think it's like, yeah, 70. 65 or 70, something around there. It's like, I remember it was 70% for just fresh and then like 75% for certified fresh. Certified fresh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so th- you know, there you have it. You can go to SlashFilm.com and see all the lists of movies and TV shows that accomplish that feat. Uh, speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, it, it's, it's also a huge feat like, to get – the coveted or not so coveted zero percent rating this is something that is very hard to get by the way like if you look if you think of like the worst movie you've seen this year and you go look at on rotten tomatoes i'm guessing it probably has like 40 percent 30 percent it is very hard to get zero percent but a movie has come out recently that has earned it that dreaded zero percent chris tell us about it Right. I will add a, a caveat here that in, in the time, uh, you know, earlier today, this actually bumped up. It's now at 7%, which Ooh. is not good either. But for a, a period of 24 hours there, uh, Holmes and Watson, the uh, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley comedy about Sherlock Holmes, sat at a, a uh, alarming 0%. It had a fair amount. I think there were 15 reviews on there and every single one was rotten which is very hard to do even uh welcome to marwin which uh is to me probably the worst movie i've seen all year has a better rating on rotten tomatoes than this so this is uh this is not good for this film (laughs) and uh it's so bad like i I know we've joked a lot recently of how like netflix just like you know they're in the content business they'll take as much content as they can get if paramount wants to offload you know the Cloverfield sequel that is horrible, you know, Netflix will buy it. They'll buy anything, you know, that, that, that's what they're kind of being known as. And it, rumor has it that they were offered Holmes and Watson and they wouldn't even touch it. Right. So Deadline, which is, a, you know, a part of the trades and usually gets this right. They reported that uh, Sony tried to offload Holmes and Watson after several disastrous uh, pre- uh, advanced screenings. And even Netflix said no, which really says a lot because Netflix, they love content and they're not very discerning. They seem happy to buy whatever. But uh, if this is true, and I personally think it is, I've actually reached out to Netflix for a comment and hopefully I will get some sort of confirmation. But if it's true, uh, that says a lot about the quality of this film, because, you know, as we all know, Netflix 
released bright and they have no problem with that they're making a sequel so well they developed uh, that one I'm, I'm talking about like they're just like they just buy films like crazy that like studios yeah. like make and they're like uh now that we've made this film we don't think it'll make money so let's sell it off and yeah i can't even imagine like what the downside was here for netflix because even if they thought it was terrible. There's all, you know, people will always watch terrible things. So it, it's, I, I, I'm wondering like what the conversation was like that made Netflix be like, you know, we, we don't want this under any circumstances. Well, you know, Netflix is always about the analytics. You know, they, they, they have seen that for whatever reason, as horrible of an Adam Sandler movie as it can possibly be, their users are going to watch it. So they've made all those deals with Adam Sandler. I'm wondering if um, if uh, Chauncey Riley and Will Ferrell don't pull in the numbers over at Netflix. Or, I mean, it's also possible that like the amount of money it costs to to make Holmes and Watson and what they you know wanted to sell it for was probably just over that threshold that they had to you know buy new content. Yeah, I- I'm guessing it's something like that where Sony. You know, it was just it, they couldn't get a, a a figure worked out, and so here we are. It's in theaters now. Uh, don't go see it, I guess. Are, are either of you more interested in seeing this film now that it's getting all these horrible reviews? Uh, I'll probably watch it when it's on Blu-ray, just out of curiosity. You know, I do think John C. <laughs> Riley and Will Ferrell are can be funny as their their previous collaborations prove. So I'll give it a chance, but. I'm not uh I'm not very hopeful. Yeah, I'm kind of curious too. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters, but I probably w- I would see it uh maybe some streaming at some point. I feel like Movie Pass and AMC A-list, which by the way just crossed 600,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh I feel like they have changed my movie watching habits because before I would probably never be caught dead going to the movies to see this or even you know renting it or or whatnot like maybe if it was on hbo and it was playing i'd watch it but nowadays i have that that pass that gets me into you know three movies a week and uh this is probably one of the movies that you know amc has new this week so uh, you know i have a couple hours to spend (laughs) (laughs) i don't know so maybe what i'm saying is these passes are uh you know doing worse to me than the, they're, they're probably not helping uh but we, in the past we've been talking about this uh black mirror special that is coming out tomorrow i think on the service yes yeah it's yeah. Called, called black mirror bandersnatch uh we ha- it has been theorized that this is a the, the choose your own adventure episode of, of black mirror which I have confirmed this. That is true. They have released a trailer online, and I wanted to get you get your reactions to this because, um, first of all, the trailer doesn't reveal the fact that it's a choose your own adventure. I almost like think that like Netflix was hoping that wasn't going to get out, and they wanted people to like be watching this episode, and then all of a sudden, at some point, like it prompts the user to make a choice, and I think that would have been cool. But uh, we spoiled it for everybody. I mean, well, we didn't spoil it. All the news spoiled it. But um, uh, what do you guys think of this trailer? Let's start with uh, HT. I'm intrigued. I admittedly don't watch uh, Black Mirror. I've only seen the first episode. And it's a series I'm meaning to watch like 
all the way from the beginning, but haven't gotten a chance to. But I like this trailer a lot. It's um, it doesn't really show you much, uh, but it's a series of really compelling and really trippy images that um, make me want to watch it once I finish all the other Black Mirror episodes, even though I know it's an anthology series and I can just get into this. Um, I am intrigued by the concept of a choose-your-own-adventure movie, and I kind of wish that Netflix had led with that as well, because I feel like it would make this an even more... Uh, interesting or something that I would be more willing to, to like click on and, and watch um, because it's like it's now it's just like it's an interesting sci dark sci-fi that has sort of like um, elements of Mr. Robots and other uh, weird sci-fi shows so I will be I would be interested in, in checking this out yeah. when it hits uh, the streaming service tomorrow. And this one's set in the 1980s, and uh, the the music is great in that trailer. Uh, I think you also wrote an article that like there was some information that this this movie or this is this an episode? This is a movie, right? It's They're a movie. Just, yes. Yeah. It's officially a movie. A mo- this movie has upwards of five hours of footage. That doesn't yeah. mean that you're going to see five hours of footage. The choices you make along the way. Uh, from what I understand, it's supposed to be like a 90 minute experience, mm-hmm. but, uh, there's even choices you can make that could make it comically like much shorter than that, you know, minutes. So, um, <laughs> you die within the first minute or something. Yes. Um, Chris, I'm, I'm wondering what you think of this. Like, it is like this something, I know you're a fan of black mirror, but does this, after seeing this trailer, are you more compelled to watch this are you like like how are you going to make your choices in the in this movie yeah i don't i'm really conflicted because like you said i I like black mirror and i was actually kind of ready to just write this off entirely but i i liked that trailer but i i don't know how i feel about the choose your own adventure thing because i get very like obsessive compulsive about this stuff and while a normal sane person could probably just pick one ending and be like all right that's it my mind doesn't work that way. And I'd be like, Oh, I got to see, you know, what if I pick the wrong ending? What I gotta, I gotta watch all of the potential endings. And if it's really like five hours of content, that's like, I don't know. I don't have that much time to like sit around watching all that, you know, all those endings or whatever it's going to be. So I'm, I'm really conflicted on what to do here. Maybe I'll, I'll try and <laughs> settle, settle for like two. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll watch two endings and then call it quits. And this is directed by David Slade. Uh, that's something we recently learned, right? And he he's a yes. great uh, filmmaker. I I feel like Chris, if you waited, which I know you probably won't, I'm sure within this first weekend, fans are gonna like draw up like a map, like a diagram of like the different choices and where it goes, and then like maybe you could explore knowing how many choices there are and like which ones not which roads not to go down if that makes sense yeah, i guess so. I, like really, a video I, game guide yeah. yes <laughs> I, I don't really even know how it's going to work like is it going to be only endings or is it going to be like no it's throughout the movie it's throughout the movie you're making choices it branches See, i off. think that's going to be like really distracting like because what if you're like uh, getting I... into getting into the story and then like a thing's gonna pop up and be like what do you want to do now and i don't know when i'm watching I... a movie i just want to be you know wrapped up 
I actually really like that idea because I feel like a lot of Netflix viewing encourages the viewer to be passive and this is the total opposite and something that um, is more akin to a video game but still is uh, offers the same amount of plot and like narrative. So I'm interested in this. I've always liked choose your adventure things like more choose your adventure own adventure books. Yeah. But I've never seen a choose your own adventure movie. I'm intrigued to see how that would work out. I loved the books as a kid, but, like, the thing I didn't like about the books, and I'm assuming it's going to be the same with this movie, is generally you'd make a decision, and it would take you off, like, the, you know, it would have, like, this narrative path for, like, what the story is, and you'd make a decision that would take you off of that path, and then you'd read something, and then somehow it would send you back to that original path. So it was Mm kind of like you taking these off shoots but you would eventually get back to the main thrust of the story it's not like you know you'd make a decision on page you know 10 of the the book and then you'd have a completely different book for the rest of the book do you know what i mean it yeah. would it would always bring you back and so i i, I kind of felt like it was a gimmick <laughs> a little bit um i still have on my shelf there's like a wolverine choose your own adventure book i have that on my shelf uh not a comic book but an actual novel um Let's talk about the Us trailer, the trailer for Jordan Peele's uh, follow-up to Get Out. This hit on Christmas Day. We previously had reported that it was kind of a home invasion horror film. We didn't really know much more than that. But this trailer, which you can watch on SlashFilm.com, reveals that it is that. But the people that are invading the home are... I guess, demonic versions of the family that are in the home? Doppelgangers, Doppelgangers. would be the, the term. Yeah, we don't know if they're demonic, but they're doppelgangers yeah. of some sort. Um, I, w- I want to hear what you guys think uh, Think of this trailer. Uh, let's start with Chris. Uh, I loved it. I mean, I, I loved uh, Get Out. I-, I love that Jordan Peele is sticking with horror because he's he's clearly a horror filmmaker who has something to say other than, you know, I'm trying to scare you. He's actually really interested in story and that, you know, that's very hard to cut, you know, horror movies are a dime a dozen and I, and I love the genre, but there are a lot of modern day horror filmmakers who don't really put much thought into what they're doing. They just, they put a few jump scares in, they follow a formula and that's it. And it's clear. Well, it's a lot of emulation. They're like emulating the films they love and not actually bringing something new to it. Right. And it's clear that Jordan Peele, you know, obviously he's inspired by stuff, but he's really putting his own voice into the things, you know, that's that's inspiring him. And I I love that. And just beyond that, the trailer was really effective. Um, uh, I I was really impressed with Lupito Nyong'o's American accent, because I I don't know if she's really ever done that before. And I thought that was really cool to hear her use that and everything. she, she, She looks and sounds different than I've ever seen her before. Right. And I, I love that she's in, you know, I feel like she should be working a lot more. I mean, she's an Oscar winning actress. And one of the things that's always bugged me about, you know, the new Star Wars films is that they cast her and then they cast her as this like <laughs> CGI small alien woman. And like, I actually want to see her on screen. I don't care about her CGI character. But beyond that, I mean, the footage looks cool. The premise looks really exciting and different and i don't know i i'm very i'm very excited for this i can't wait to see it ht how about you i love that trailer it's so chilling that it 
kind of traumatized me after watching it. I think it's even more uh, effective and more chilling than I remember the Get Out trailer being because that kind of uh, towed the line between being a little bit more lighthearted and being a straight-out horror film trailer, whereas this one just goes all in with the the chills and the gore and the suspense. And I I was, yeah, I, I've watched the trailer two times, but each time it kind of, it's, it's very, it has that same effect of just completely um, unsettling me. And I, I, I'm on the same page about Lupita Nyong'o with, with Chris because I feel like the majority of her career after she won uh, an Oscar for 12 Years a Slave is like behind the motion capture suit, which seems like a waste of her talent. And it's, she seems, she's doing such a great job here. Like I think everyone is too, because they have to play their doppelgangers as well. And their doppelgangers just have this real um, uncanny um, vibe to them that is completely unsettling. So I love this trailer. Um, I'm so excited for this film. Yeah, it's good to see Peel uh, on screen. It's it's. Uh, I like what they're doing with the music here. It it is great that this seems w- what you guys said. This is more of a horror movie than Get Out was, at least on appearance. Uh, I guess one of my problems with Get Out um, was that I don't feel like it was a great horror movie. It like was trying to be like a horror movie. It was trying to be part com uh, a comedy. It was trying to be part, uh, you know, uh, social commentary. And I feel like it did this like the social stuff really great. And I don't feel like it was an exceptional horror movie. I know Chris is probably disagreeing with me here. Uh, maybe yes. because it uh, <laughs> maybe because it was trying to do three different things and it wasn't trying to just be a horror movie. I think it wasn't like scary. I don't feel like I was scared of Get Out. Um, but uh, this definitely seems like a you know an all-out horror movie, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to be the one guy that says anything critical about this trailer. But I feel like to me, I was kind of a little disappointed. Uh, while at first I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool," is you know doppelgangers trying to you know invade their home, and then I was like, "What? This doesn't really say like at least on first appearance." This seems like more of a straight-up horror movie, and it doesn't really, at least from what we can tell from this trailer, I'm, I'm you know, trying to be very clear. <laughs> it doesn't seem to have any, like, something deeper, and maybe, you know, maybe they're hiding that. I know uh, Peel has said that this movie is not about race in any way, um, which I'll link in the show notes. Uh, so I, was, I, I'm a, I guess I'm a little disappointed that it wasn't something that has it, it doesn't seem to be something that has a greater depth and it's just a horror movie. I, think, I mean, uh, I uh, you go ahead, Chris. I was going to say in that same interview where he says it's not about race, he also says the movie's really about uh, people realizing like they're their own worst enemy. So I feel like there's yeah. a deeper. So maybe there is. Maybe, maybe I'm just on here. Yeah. Maybe I'm just wrong, but but judging from the trailer, like you do see how I got that, right? Like it does feel like more of a straight horror film. I mean, it's not about race per se, but I think that there are deeper meanings to it yeah. uh, just from seeing this trailer because I see something similar in how um, zombie movies, for example, approach uh, us seeing our you know, worst enemies in ourselves. But these are like the uncanny lumbering uh, versions of humanity that are empty shells, for example. And in here we see um, that they are reflective of some form 
uh, or some aspect yeah. of these characters. Uh, we're not sure what it is yet. It's not completely clear, but I think it is saying something. I mean, I don't, I don't need yeah. every movie, every horror movie, to say something. I do enjoy when there are deeper layers to a horror film, and that's what I get. Um, oh, um, me too. But I was just expecting. I, I think from Jordan Peele. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I guess so the, again. I think we'll. I'll be totally surprised. I think you're right. I think there's good when we see this movie, it, there's going to be more to it. I think we're only seeing the outer layers of the onion, but mm-hmm. th- that was just my rea- my you know gut reaction from seeing this was uh, that's kind of a cool concept. But I wish there was more to this, and there probably is more to this. Uh, but you know, I will see anything Jordan Peele does. I, I've been a big fan of him for so long. Uh, so yeah, you can check out the trailer for us. On slash on the com. Any last thoughts on us? Uh, I wish we were opening sooner. We got to wait till March. I wish we were coming out next month. That's my, that's what I say. It is crazy that we're getting the first teaser trailer for this. Just like you know, you know, a dozen, you know, like, just like a couple months before it hits theaters. It's it almost seems like they waited. You know, I'm wondering if that if that works to their favor to like holding out. Uh, the trailer for like this movie until kind of I, I guess it's not the last minute, but it's still like you know a handful of weeks before the film. Um, let's see. Anyways, we're running short, so let's get to life advice corner with Chris Evangelista. Okay, so today, Joey in Los Angeles writes in. He says, I had the pleasure of watching Hereditary over the Christmas weekend and ended up losing sleep for a couple of nights. It hit me so on so many levels, and I forgot how powerful horror movies can be. I had trouble falling asleep in the dark and even struggled to go back to sleep after waking up in the dead of night. I was wondering if Chris could tackle the question of how to get over being scared of horror movies as an adult. I'm a grown man, and I hate losing sleep, which is why I usually avoid movies like Hereditary in the first place. Thanks in advance. Keep up the good work. Uh, And that is from Joey in Los Angeles, California. Chris, you watch a lot of horror movies, uh, probably more horror movies a year than an average person, I think, does in a lifetime. Uh, Do... Before you answer Joey's question, do do you still does do any horror movies still impact you on that level of like losing sleep? Uh, I, it's very rare that I get like quote unquote scared by horror. Um, you know, every now and then I'll see something that makes me, uh, you know, uneasy or unnerved. But you know, I, I don't think there's there's really been anything I, I've lost sleep over in a long time. But you know, every once in a while something does come along that that really does you know impress me. So what advice would you give Joey in terms of uh, not being scared, you know, of the movie outside of the movie? You know, uh, there, there's, you know, um, of course, there's many different types of fear. And, you know, there's that, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's a, a very rational fear and then there's irrational fear. And I, I think the reason people really love horror movies when you get right down to it is there's a, a, a sort of catharsis there in the sense that as scared as you get from a horror movie, it can't really hurt you. Like, yeah, you can, you know, for instance, I'm terrified of flying. I've said this many times before. And while the odds are fine that I'll be fine, there is always that slim chance that the plane will crash. But, you know, you watch a horror movie 
you get scared, the horror movie isn't going to come to life and kill you. So, it, you know, you, you have to think of it as a way of like letting off steam in a way that it's a way to get fear out in a healthy, safe way. Like, yeah, you know, and the chances of like you walking around in your house at 1 a.m. in a serial killer who had broken into your house, jumping out with a knife and killing you is probably, you know, hundreds of times multiples less chance of happening than you dying on a plane and right. even dying on a plane is very slim yes there's only like a one percent chance that tony collette is crawling on your wall so don't <laughs> don't worry <laughs> so yeah that, that's how i i've always looked at it. that's you know that's part of the reason i love horror that it's a way to get that you know those emotions out and say it's sort of the, the reason that people love roller coasters that you know, you go on it, it's, it's a thrill and then you can get off. But, uh, you know, that's how I would, that's how I would approach it. But that doesn't really answer the question for, <laughs> for Joey, because like he is waking up in the middle of the night. Should he be like telling himself that, you know, this isn't like how, how I would say you should embrace that fear, Joey. You should, you should hold on to that fear in your heart and save it. <laughs> I don't know if that's the correct advice. <laughs> it'll, it'll come in handy someday. Hey, no, you know, we, we never said the life advice from Chris was the correct advice. We just said well, it was advice. I, I'm interested to hear what HTS is here because she said uh, uh, before we started that she has a similar problem. So what are your thoughts, HT? Oh, yeah. As someone who has, is trying to get more into horror movies and considers myself uh, less of a horror movie horror newbie now, uh, I had... I think about two weeks worth of nightmares of Tony Collette crawling on my wall after seeing Hereditary. So this is something that never goes away, even as I watch more horror movies and trying to inundate myself to the fear that these horror movies um, instill in me. Because I fundamentally think that I'm a person not suited to having that same catharsis as Chris has from horror. I am first very squeamish and I have a very overactive imagination uh, to the point that I will just like scare myself from standing in a dark room. So (laughs) um, this is something that, um, well, the way that the reason that I like to go into horror movies is that I like to try to find, um, I think I talked about this before, like a deeper meaning or analogy of the horror film that I, I, that really speaks to me. Um, So I tend to just, uh, I guess I try to like distance myself from the movie too. Didn't think that like, yeah, it is just a movie and think about like the technical process versus like the impact that it made on me. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) It never goes away. uh, Joey, I'm very sorry. I, I can tell you with me, I, I feel like when I was a kid, I used to, this used to happen to me a lot where I'd watch a movie and I'd be scared to walk around in my empty house or, or whatnot. And as I grow older and even like, you know, going to these Halloween horror events, like, like these horror mazes, it's, it's just very easy for me to be like, Oh, these are just people jumping out at you in costume. Like you just reason to yourself, like this is an empty house. There's nobody here. Like, you know, there's no reason for anybody to be in this house. Nothing is going to happen. And it, it's very easy for me to logically kind of, bring myself down to earth i think the problem when i now that when i get scared of movies is when it when when it has something to do with um something i can't logically uh talk my down myself down from when it's uh i don't know like uh (laughs) 
I, I know, like, you know, I, I can't think of a good example, but I guess, like, Final Destination, something that has to do with, like, death. Like, you know, death can happen. You know, things can go out of control and uh, cause you to, you know, crash or whatever. And, like, that kind of stuff is more scary to me because, like, that is the stuff that uh, is very possible. And I guess maybe, maybe some stuff that deals with, like, ghosts because... Uh, logically ghosts don't exist but illogically even ghosts maybe that's why yeah but yeah i do have some suspension of disbelief there that maybe they could so uh yeah i I guess there is a part of me that still does get scared a little but i feel like i i just keep on trying to talk myself out of it i'm like you know, uh, my girlfriend Kitra, when we go into like those Halloween Horror Night events, like she still gets really scared by people jumping out and stuff. And sure, I, there's, I feel like there's two different things. And I think uh, Chris was getting to this earlier. There's the jump scare, which is kind of like a gimmicky, fun scare. And like after that happens, it, you know, there's that catharsis, and you, you know, it's just like, oh, it's just someone, you know, it's fun. It's like a roller coaster. Uh, and then there's the deeper scare that actually gets inside you. And uh, I feel like, I don't know, it, it's harder to talk yourself out of that kind of thing. Um, Chris, after hearing me and HT talk about this, any final thoughts and, and advice for Joey here? You know, I'm probably the worst person to give this advice because um, – like, like you were saying, you know, that second type of scare, that existential scare that, that haunts you for days, that's actually, like, what I'm looking for. <laughs> like, I, you know, like, I'm so used to such, like, crappy, lazy horror movies because, like I said, I, I watch so many. I, and, you know, a, a large percentage of them are bad. And I'm always chasing, you know, I, I'm like uh, Bill Paxton in Twister, just chasing that tornado. I'm chasing that existential scare. I want that. So if I find that, I actually like, it's almost like a, a comfort to me because I'm like, all right, this movie did its job, but that doesn't sound like what Joey is looking for. So I, I would honestly just, you know, just you have to talk yourself down. You have to just tell yourself it's only a movie. None of this is real. You know, Tony Collette's not cutting her head off in the attic. I'm going to be okay. But, you know, like I said, for for like a jaded horror fan like me, when you come across that rare, uh, you know, bone chilling horror, it's like a warm blanket. It's like, oh yeah, at last. That's probably not what you want to hear, Joey. But that's where I am. Sorry. I don't know, Joey. Listen to a pop song. Play with some puppies. <laughs> Play with some puppies. Uh, maybe Joey should stay away from these kind of. Uh bone like what you're talking about those kind of uh horror films the, the horror films that you crave maybe he should just be sticking to you know this the more simple like slasher and uh gimmicky scare kind of horror films or do you think that's bad advice i mean it's bad advice in the sense that you'd be missing out on some really good yeah. movies. but if you if you really can't handle them there's really no shame in that like there are films i won't watch not you know for some similar like if there's a film with uh, you know, stuff. I've talked about this before. If there's a film that depicts some sort of cruelty towards animals, even though if, if it's obviously fake, I go out of my way to not watch it because I, I can't handle that. And I don't, you know, I don't feel ashamed about that either. So if you feel like you can't handle it, 
you know, just, just you know, avoid it. There's really no nothing to be embarrassed about on that front. This brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. HD, where can people find more of your work online? You can find me writing every day at SlashFilm.com, and I'm on Twitter at HTranBui. Chris, where can people find you? Uh, I'm also at SlashFilm.com. I'm on Twitter at Evangelist 413 and I run the Dog's Way Home message board. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any, uh, if you have a question for Chris, if you need life advice, it can have to do with movies. It can have to do with your your relationship. Send it to Peter at slashfilm dot com, and uh, maybe it'll, it'll will feature in a future episode of the podcast. Uh, you can find more of the stories that we talked about on today's podcast on slashfilm dot com and linked in the show notes. This podcast, Slash Film Daily, is published every weekday on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Uh, Please send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please head over to our iTunes page, write us a couple lines, give us a five-star review, tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow. I, I need to ask you about this, Chris, because I know you're a big fan of dogs. Uh, there is a trailer that premiered in front of uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> called uh what is it a dog's, dog's, a dog's way home or something yeah, i think it's a dog's way, way home. home it's from the same author of a dog's purpose but it's not a sequel um did you actually ever see that movie the the, the first movie the dog's purpose no i didn't because there was like that claim that they abused a dog on the set like they threw yeah. the dog oh yeah dog in the pool yeah yeah, yeah. I think actually it was later revealed that it actually didn't happen like it, someone made that up but because of that story i avoided seeing the movie Dog's Way Home. Uh, did you see this in theaters? I did. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this trailer? Uh, I think it looks... Well, for one thing, the, the trailer gives literally the entire movie away. Like, like The movie's about a dog getting lost, and the end of the trailer is the dog coming home. So it's like, why would I see this? I know what happens. And but I just love that the dog, like... Uh, rescue someone from like an avalanche and like is playing around with like mountain lions <laughs> and it's like so ridiculous. And the, and the dog. Yeah, um, I, I will not see that, <laughs> but uh, that's clearly a film marketed towards younger viewers. So you know more. You know, I, I if it if it enchants a, a child out there who loves dogs, more power to it. But I'll probably be avoiding a dog's way home or whatever it's called. Uh, when I saw this play before one of my, or actually I saw it play, play before most of my Spider-Man screenings I saw uh, in Hollywood, every single time the entire audience was just laughing out loud, <laughs> like probably like, you know, Will Ferrell intended with uh, Holmes and Watson, <laughs> you know, they were like hysterically laughing at this trailer. Uh, H, did you see this trailer in theaters? I did, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a good trailer. It doesn't it doesn't look like it's a good movie either. So, but you know, it's dogs. It's cute, and I'm sure it'll make good make yeah some kid very happy. So you're not gonna see it? I mean, I might actually see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't think so for me. I don't know. Although I have that AMC A list pass, so brings it full circle. Uh, 